This podcast is a presentation of University of California Television. Like what you hear? Consider making a donation at uctv.tv slash donate so we can continue to bring you more great programs. So today I'm going to talk about groundwater. Groundwater is an often overlooked resource. In fact, it's often considered the invisible resource hidden beneath our feet. While groundwater may be stored under our feet, when it comes to the surface, it provides more than 50% of the global population with drinking water. It also provides about 40% of the water used for irrigation. This map here shows irrigated area serviced by groundwater. And the dark blue and black areas are heavily serviced by groundwater. Now, there are a few countries that really stick out on this map. So China, India, and the United States. Today, I'm going to focus my talk on the United States. The United States is a country that's rarely thought about as having concerns about access to water. Now, there's no doubt that groundwater is an important resource. There's also no doubt that we are overusing groundwater in many places throughout the United States, and this is leading to groundwater depletion. Now, there are many undesirable impacts from groundwater depletion, such as land subsidence and saltwater intrusion, and these undesirable impacts have been studied extensively. But there's one manifestation of groundwater depletion that has not been studied beyond media attention, and that's groundwater wells running dry. So when does a groundwater well run dry? Well, a groundwater well runs dry when water levels decline so significantly that it's no longer possible to pump water to the surface. And this affects the ability of somebody to access water. So until recently, well drilling was rarely studied. And as a result, it was very difficult for, under, for us to understand where people's wells were vulnerable to running dry. What this means is that we didn't know where groundwater wells were constructed, we didn't know the reasons for which they were constructed, and we didn't know the depths to which they were constructed. This map here shows more than 50 different state and sub-state agencies. Together, we worked with these agencies to pull together information about groundwater well reports so that we could map where groundwater wells were constructed across all of the United States. Groundwater well reports allow us to understand where groundwater wells have been constructed. This map here shows 11.8 million groundwater wells, where each of those tiny gray dots indicates a well that was constructed and reported between 1950 and 2015. Groundwater well reports also tell us information about the reasons for which groundwater wells were constructed. So if we categorize all those reasons into three broad categories, we find that the majority of groundwater wells were constructed for domestic or municipal purposes. About 15% were constructed for irrigated agriculture and the remaining 2% for industrial purposes. Groundwater well reports also tell us information about the depths to which groundwater wells were constructed. So this map here shows the depths. The light blue indicates shallow groundwater wells. The dark blue indicates deep groundwater wells. On average, in the United States, groundwater wells were about 60 meters deep. For reference, this is about the height of a four-story house. So now, while some of the patterns that you're seeing here are the result of jurisdictional boundaries, what we also have here is the fact that groundwater well depths give us a lens into the subsurface. 
So what we're able to see is actually these patterns that are more linked to aquifers or geologic units where groundwater is stored. Using this information about groundwater wells and then linking it back to information about groundwater levels, we can then assess where groundwater wells are vulnerable to running dry. And doing this, we found that up to one in five groundwater wells are at risk of running dry should groundwater levels decline by only a few meters. So unfortunately, the majority of these groundwater wells are actually clustered in rural agricultural areas. And these areas are isolated from urban infrastructure. And so households bear the brunt of the impacts of groundwater depletion because they have to service their own private wells and they cannot be connected to public supply systems. So what can we do when the well runs dry? Well, one way that we could adapt to groundwater wells running dry is to construct a new well that's deeper than the old well. And so we wanted to understand how often this was occurring. So not only do we have information about groundwater well depths, but the groundwater well reports also tell us information about when groundwater wells were constructed. So as a result, we could actually look at a time series of well depths. So let's go to Stockton, California. Across the x-axis, you see time. Along the y-axis, you see depth in meters below the land surface. And each of the dots that you're seeing on this plot right here is a groundwater well construction event, such that this groundwater well was constructed in the year 2000 at a depth of 100 meters below the land surface. So this map here shows the rank correlation of time versus well depth across the entire United States. And so let's talk about some of the trends that we're seeing here. The light gray areas indicate lo little to no trend. The blue areas indicate that newer wells are actually shallower than older wells. And the orange and red areas indicate that newer wells are deeper than older wells. So just with a quick glance across this map, what we see is that it's a patchwork of trends. But what we also see is that there's more orange and red than blue. And so generally speaking, people are drilling deeper wells more often than they're drilling shallower wells. Now, there are many reasons why people could be drilling deeper wells. We have improved technologies, so we could drill deeper today than ever before. We also know that people drill deeper wells to avoid pollution. So maybe folks are drilling deeper to avoid shallow contamination. Then there's regulation. What we know is that in some cases, deep aquifers could be um, exempt from regulation. And as a result, this could be incentivizing people to drill into deeper aquifers. And lastly, people could be drilling deeper for reasons of water quantity. So they could be in search of higher yields, or they could be drilling deeper because their groundwater well ran dry. And it's this latter reason that's especially salient for this work. So we wanted to know, are new wells deeper where water levels are declining? So to do this, we needed to pair two different data sets. The first data set is the groundwater well reports. That's the data that we've been talking about throughout the whole beginning of this presentation. The second data set is monitoring wells. Monitoring wells tell us information about groundwater levels over time. So what's really great about these two sets of data is that we can address a continental scale challenge like groundwater depletion with local scale data. 
And the reason why this is really important is because our subsurface is extremely complex. So we need to have a good understanding of what's happening at the local scale. On the right-hand side, you could see a satellite image. The blue dot is a monitoring well with water levels between 1950 and 2015. The yellow dots are constructed groundwater wells during that same purpose within a five-kilometer buffer surrounding that monitoring well. So we needed to pick a five-kilometer buffer because it was a bit of a Goldilocks approach. Again, we needed a buffer that was big enough that would allow us to get statistical samples that we could run statistical analyses on, but small enough that we would be able to basically capture that local heterogeneity or the complexity underneath our feet. So again, let's go to Stockton, California. The blue area that you're seeing here is the water level time series. And over the period of interest, what we see is that groundwater levels declined at a rate of three meters per decade. The yellow circles that are popping up here, those are those groundwater wells. And over the same period of interest, the groundwater wells got deeper at a rate of seven meters per decade. So what we see in this area is that groundwater wells are getting deeper at a rate that is twice the rate of declining water levels. So what this could be indicating is risk aversion or worry that groundwater levels are going to continue to decline over time. So we could do the same exact local scale analysis, but now at the regional scale. So across the x-axis, we have well completion depth trends. Anything that plots on the left-hand side indicates a shallowing trend. Anything that plots on the right-hand side indicates a deepening trend. Along the y-axis, we have the water level trend. Anything that plots across the top is going to be a rising water level. Anything that plots across the bottom is going to be a declining water level. So near Stockton, California, what we saw was that people were getting deeper over time. So we would expect to be on that right-hand side. We also saw that water levels were declining over time, so we would expect to be across the bottom two quadrants. And sure enough, we're in that lower right-hand quadrant, which indicates that groundwater wells are getting deeper over time and water levels are also declining over time. So again, what's great about this data set is that we can expand it to regional and continental scales. So on the left-hand side here, you're seeing a zoomed out satellite image where the blue dots are monitoring wells with water levels, and those yellow circles are the five-kilometer buffers. So we could do this exact same analysis for an entire region, in this case, the Northern Central Valley or the Sacramento Valley. So if we do that, what we see is that 83% of sites fall in the lower right-hand corner, where a site is a monitoring well with water levels, this case during the 2000 to 2015 period, and nearby constructed groundwater wells during that same period. So what we see overwhelmingly is that the majority of monitoring wells show declining water levels, and nearby the majority of groundwater wells are getting deeper over time. So we could do this exact same analysis for aquifers across the United States. Today, I'm going to focus on two key aquifers, the Central Valley in California and the High Plains Aquifer, which spans a number of states. So I picked these two aquifers because they're important both domestically and internationally. The Central Valley provides about one-fourth of the nation's food, and the High Plains Aquifer provides about one-sixth 
of global grain production. Now, in the next few slides, what you're going to see is a number of the uh, sites are going to be colored based on the state that that aquifer, that that portion of the aquifer belongs to. So let's start with the Central Valley. So on the left-hand side, I've broken down the Central Valley into three different regions. And what we see is that regardless of the region, we're always in that lower right-hand quadrant we're always seeing the same pattern. And that pattern is that groundwater levels are declining and wells are getting deeper over time. This is very similar to what we saw with Stockton, California. And in fact, if we actually take a little bit closer of a look at what's happening at the subsurface, what we see is that in this area, we have an alluvial aquifer or a sandy aquifer. This is a subsurface profile that really allows us to continue to drill deeper over time. In this area, the limits to drilling deeper are not a function of the hydrogeology or the subsurface characteristics. Instead, they're a function of economics. And this is where we start to get into the haves and have-nots of water. People don't have the money to drill the new wells, and that's the biggest problem. This is a quote from Jim Smith, whose well ran dry because groundwater levels declined. It turns out that groundwater wells are expensive. A new domestic well can cost tens of thousands of dollars, a new agricultural well can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, and a new municipal well can cost more than a million dollars. And this is just the construction costs. What we also know is that it takes energy to pump water to the surface. Energy requirements increase with every foot that water is lifted. So as groundwater levels decline, it takes more energy to put that water to the surface. What we also know is that deeper wells have deeper water levels. So the combination of declining groundwater levels plus deeper wells means that it's actually going to take more energy to pump that water to the surface. So again, when we talk about California and we talk about the Central Valley, the limits to drilling here are less, the less based on the characteristics of the subsurface and more because of economics. So if we move eastward to the High Plains Aquifer, the first thing that should point out is the fact that we don't see those exact same patterns that we saw in California. We see that sites are really scattered across the different quadrants. Now, while the Northern High Plains and the Central High Plains are interesting, today I want to draw your eyes to the Southern High Plains. So what you probably notice here is that the majority of the sites are scattered across the bottom two quadrants. That indicates that groundwater levels are declining. But what we also see is the fact that they're scattered across both bottom two quadrants. It means that declining groundwater levels are not always met by deeper drilling. So again, in the Southern High Plains, what we're seeing is that there's declining groundwater levels, but wells are both shallowing and deepening. So in this area, the subsurface does not support deep wells. In this area, deep groundwater is of low quantity. So again, if we look at the lithology or the subsurface characteristics, what we see is, yes, there's some sand and there's some gravel, but primarily we have low permeability rock layers. This basically means that we have low quantities of groundwater in this area. To make matters worse, below that bottom low permeability rock layer, the groundwater is of low quality. The groundwater happens to be brackish or salty. 
So here what you're looking at is the fact that the older well is shallower, so it's still accessing that fresh water, where the newer well is deeper, and you see that it's actually gone beyond that transition zone to some brackish and salty water. And it turns out that as you get deeper underneath the subsurface, the groundwater tends to get saltier. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't actually use this water, but what it does mean is that we need to treat the water. So again, this is an additional cost that users have to face. Additionally, when we pump that water, what ends up happening is that salty water ends up migrating. So basically, we could be pulling that salty water up to the surface. So are new wells deeper where groundwater levels are declining? Not everywhere. So we see generally that wells are not getting deeper everywhere where groundwater levels are declining. And as a result, groundwater wells are running dry. We also know that groundwater wells are expensive. They can cost tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars. We know that the deeper that the water level gets, the more energy it takes to pull that water to the surface. We also know that it's not feasible to actually construct deeper groundwater wells everywhere because deep groundwater could be of low quantity, but also low quality. We also know that these burdens are especially centered in rural agricultural areas like the one that you're seeing in this video here. In particular, we know that these impacts are hitting places like California's Central Valley. And to really drive home this point, I'm going to show a one minute video that basically highlights the impact on the people on the end use side of things. We have had um, almost, a, almost two months with no water. Thank you guys. The way we discovered our water well went dry was I went to use the restroom and when I flushed the toilet, nothing but dirt came out. The drought, you know, it's not only affecting, you know, the farmers or anything like that. The, we're feeling the drought. It's happening to us. Okay. Okay, you could drink some now. Okay. Just here down the road, there's orchards behind us. Well, here we are with no water pumping out of our pump, but yet the, the orchard people, their, their orchards are drowning in water. And that's upsetting. That's upsetting to see because it's like, well... I understand they need to get their crops as well, but then, you know, we're a family, we have children, and we need that water. So it's this last theme that I really want to focus on for the next few slides. What we see in California is that agricultural wells are deeper than domestic wells. On the right-hand side, you see a map of the Central Valley, and that map shows the median agricultural well depth minus the median domestic well depth. And any of the grids that are colored in green indicate that agricultural wells are deeper. And what you see overwhelmingly throughout the Central Valley is that agricultural wells are deeper than domestic wells. So if deeper wells are a stopgap, what can we do? Well, in 2014, California passed the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act, or SIGMA, and SIGMA gives local control to agencies to develop sustainability goals that they're putting into sustainability plans. A key component of SIGMA is quantified management thresholds. 
these quantified management thresholds could be used to protect groundwater users. So for example, if this is our quantified groundwater management threshold, the well on the left-hand side is not protected. The reason why it's not protected is because its well bottom is above that threshold. On the right-hand side, that well is protected, and that well is protected because its well bottom is below the threshold. So we've reviewed 108 groundwater sustainability plans with management thresholds. And what we found is that overwhelmingly, very few actually considered who is and who is not protected when they established their management threshold. And so it was not surprising when we found out that 60% of agricultural wells and 63% of domestic wells are not protected given, this, given each plan's management threshold. But it's not all doom and gloom. What we also found is that stakeholder integration predicts protection. So what does this mean? This means that in plans where stakeholders were actually integrated into the planning process, those stakeholders ended up being more protected. They were more protected from groundwater depletion. So in summary, groundwater is critical for both households and agriculture. We also know that groundwater is being overused, and this is leading to groundwater depletion and wells running dry. We know that constructing new groundwater wells is a stopgap or a short-term solution because it's expensive, and it's also not feasible everywhere. We know that the burdens are felt particularly in rural regions where there's a limited ability to adapt to alternative water supplies. But we also know that there's strategies to minimize the impact of groundwater depletion. In fact, we know that when we integrate stakeholders into planning processes, they're more protected from groundwater depletion. As a result, if we decide that we're going to integrate stakeholders into planning processes, we have the ability to ensure everybody has access to water. Thank you. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.